Hello everyone and welcome back to the AirPod. I'm your host, Omid Scobie, ready to bring you all the latest goings-on from the House of Windsor and beyond. It is a gloomy, rainy day in London today. I've just come back from an engagement with Prince Harry, where he joined John Bon Jovi in a recording booth at the iconic Abbey Road Studios in London, made famous by the Beatles, of course, uh, recording a new single for the Invictus Games. Uh, we will get into that later into the show. And hear from the man himself, John Bon Jovi, who chatted with us earlier. Shared a few of his thoughts about the project, uh, also looking at the Sussex's new chapter, and uh, revealed what Harry sings like in the recording booth. So look forward to that. Uh, But before we get to that, and I have uh, some other Prince Harry news to go through later in the show, I was with him in Edinburgh earlier this week at a summit for his sustainable travel initiative, Travelist. Uh, That was his first official return to work, and the couple are about to really go into full swing for the final slew of engagements before they officially step away from their lives as senior members of the royal family. And speaking of that family, they were busy at work this week. We had the Duke of Cambridge out in Nottinghamshire. We had the Duchess of Cambridge taking on an engagement uh, for sports aid. We saw a trial on a bit of taekwondo and running. Uh, It's been, you know, mixed up a little bit, which is always great. Uh, But before we get to any of that, really interesting engagement this week. The Queen made a surprise appearance to the MI5 here in the UK. That is our secret service headquarters here in London for the British intelligence. It was an unannounced visit uh, where we saw the Queen meet a lot of the personnel working there. She also shared some remarks on just how important it is the work that the British intelligence does for this country, particularly uh, in our fight against terrorism. We also got to hear a really interesting story about her father uh, taking part in what they called fake royal visits that helped Britain win the Second World War. Bear with me. So when King George VI joined senior Allied commanders at an oil storage complex in Dover in 1944, to the rest of the world, it looked like he was just on a royal engagement, uh, basically a part of a series of morale-boosting trips that he was taking across the country uh, to boost the confidence and morale of the troops and help us win the Second World War. But the Queen heard on the Tuesday visit that royal visit was actually part of an MI5 operation to trick the Nazis, who of course were spying on the Brits at the time, to pass disinformation to them. She heard that it was thanks to visits like that that the Germans actually thought that the D-Day landings were going to take place in Calais or Norway, and that bought troops valuable time and went on to help Britain win the war. We've heard in the past reports about how the Queen may have played a role in that strategy herself, but uh, she gave nothing away, uh, really just acknowledging this extraordinary story without a hint of what she may have known. But it was a really interesting visit, and I think really important to see the Queen meet staff and praise officers at a visit like this. She was at the headquarters at Thames House in central London, and after taking a tour of the agency's private museum, she shared some remarks on just how important it was to have British intelligence officials on the front line helping us and 
partnering countries uh, take on our war with terrorism. I would like to take my visit here today as an opportunity to thank you all for the tireless work you do to keep our country safe. I'm always struck by the remarkable resolve with which you carry out your vital role. There will no doubt continue to be significant threats and challenges ahead. But on each of my visits to MI5, I have been impressed by the way that you have adapted to the changing threats to our nation. Whether responding to the threats from the Nazis or the Cold War, domestic terrorism or the cybersphere, you have always demonstrated the utmost commitment to your motto, Regnum Defendi. Because of the nature of your work, it is without public recognition. So it is on behalf of the country that I say to you all, thank you. Now off the back of the Duchess of Cambridge's very successful five big questions survey that wrapped up last week, we spoke about on the last episode. Do check it out if you haven't heard that yet. Uh, she moved on this week to pay tribute to the nation's parents who are helping the next generation of Olympic heroes prepare for their roles. She spoke about the nutritionists, the laundry service, the psychologists and financiers, who of course are actually the parents, uh, who are helping athletes, uh, or Britain's most talented young athletes, prepare for the future. She said you may not always feel appreciated or sometimes even noticed on the sidelines, whether you're in the parking lot or sitting high in the stands, but she said, I'm so proud that SportsAid, which was the charity she was there with, recognises how key your role is and that they understand the challenges and worries that you face. She went on to say that as a parent, she understands and has a huge admiration for those parents and knows just how complex and time-consuming that role is. We also saw the Duchess try out some of the Olympic events herself, uh, jumping into the starting blocks of an indoor track at the London Stadium, which is where the engagement took place. And also try a little bit of Taekwondo. If you haven't seen the video, and it is somewhere in my Twitter feed, it's also uh, on the Good Morning America Twitter feed as well, of Kate showing off her right-hand hook with one of the Taekwondo instructors. Quite impressive. Um, she spent a lot of time with Tokyo Paralympics hope for Yinbo Koka, an 18-year-old girl who is getting ready for Tokyo right now. And that was one of the students that she raced against. Uh, his comments afterwards were she was not bad for a rookie. Uh, it was great to see, I think, the Duchess sort of really in a confident form. I think we've seen a brand new sort of Duchess of Cambridge 2.0 in the last few months. She really seems to be relishing the role now and uh, really sort of going from strength to strength and it makes it really exciting. Obviously you know on the Royal Beat we do get very caught up in what's going on behind palace walls and of course we're all fascinated in that but it is also great when the work itself is interesting and that becomes the talking point and uh I think this engagement really sort of spoke to that. And of course, the recent engagements we'd seen from Kate as well, doing the podcast as well, which still riding high in the podcast charts here in the UK and across the world, I believe. And it was also a week of work for Prince William, who was in Nottinghamshire to help 
speak about the importance of providing opportunities for young people in the world of business in the UK. We saw him jump into a giant paving truck to help her lay down a new surface for a road or something. It was it was unusual, but I think it's great to see William uh, willing to sort of get, get his hands dirty and involved. It was, you know, I think with these sorts of engagements, it is sometimes harder to sell the story, so to speak. And I think it takes a member of the royal family to actually be willing to really get involved and provide a visual moment. And, you know, look, before these engagements happen, a lot of thought goes into that. There's usually uh, some kind of reconnaissance trip beforehand where members of their team will go and sort of check out the surroundings and meet people who are involved. And they'll create a really precise itinerary for those engagements. They're usually sort of an hour or so in length. That's sort of the standard. And there's always thought in that goes into how this will look on camera and what photos can be taken. So when you see someone like the Duke of Cambridge putting on his fluorescent gear and his hard hat, jumping onto the paving truck, a lot of thought would have got into that. And of course, that was the picture that made it everywhere after the engagement. Now, as I mentioned at the start of the show, I am sitting here just drying off after standing out in the rain for quite some time at Abbey Road Studios in northwest London, which is where Prince Harry joined John Bon Jovi in the recording booth to help record or re-record a new charity single for the Invictus Games. Uh, this is a project that really came around uh, out of sheer luck. Um, you know, sometimes these projects are months in the making and... Uh, John Bon Jovi said today that it was actually he that came up with the idea. He reached out to Harry via letter and said that I have this single ready to go and uh, I think it would be really great for the Invictus Games. Of course, he himself comes from a military family. He does a lot of work with military veterans and so it was a natural fit. And today was the first time that we saw them together. Harry showed up uh, for the morning visit at the studios, uh, really ready to go. You know, this was the second time that I'd seen Harry this week. I'd say that he seems happy to be back at work and doing what matters to him the most. I think the last however many weeks has really been about this move to transition out of their roles as senior members of the royal family as working royals and uh, of course he's now here for final engagements before that does come to an end on March the 31st but of course it's always good I think to just sort of bring it back to what it is all about and of course the Invictus Games is really one of Harry's legacies the games of course in May at The Hague this year. We'll see Harry and Meghan side by side. The palace have confirmed that. So now we'll see him sort of take part in engagements leading up to that. This engagement today was to re-record a single called Unbroken, which was recorded by John Bon Jovi and his band for their new album that comes out later this year. Uh, but they wanted to record a special version of the single with the Invictus Games Choir to release for the games later in March. And all proceeds of that, whether you're streaming it, buying it on iTunes, wherever, will go towards the Invictus Games. Because, of course, it is very expensive to put on a major Olympic-style event every couple of years. 
We know, we've heard in the past from Harry just how hard it is to sort of get it off the ground every year. Uh, this is something that Harry's been really involved with since day one, since its inception. I remember going to the first ever Invictus Games in London several years ago and it was in the copper box arena that was built for the olympics the 2012 olympics and it was small it was small and it was rough around the edges and it has really grown to become a really sophisticated sporting event it was actually the warrior games that inspired him to start the invictus games and i was with harry for the warrior games in colorado Uh, must have been back in 2011 and that was really when the seed was planted for this event now you know nine years later it's become one of the most talked about events certainly in the military world but it is also on the world stage as a major sporting event and I think a lot of uh, credit that he needs to take or should take from that I know he doesn't like to uh, but also everyone that is involved in that and we saw lots of those people at today's engagement both of them seemed really relaxed around each other we also got to see and Sussex Royal posted on their Instagram a little teaser of this Harry in the recording booth with John Bon Jovi himself I asked John Bon Jovi how Harry's voice measures up and we'll get to that in a second but before we do I just want to talk a little bit more about the engagement this one was very different to the one we had earlier in the week and I'll get to that shortly the Travelist Working Summit that was much more of a closed event it was very few people allowed in they really sort of kept it uh, quite quiet on the media front Uh, it was myself and a few others whereas this one was the I guess what we're used to with royal engagements Uh, a lot of photographers outside the venue a lot of tv cameras and uh, all of the British media as well and you know this is now part of the sort of run of royal events that will take place between now and the end of the month Uh, he has a short break before Meghan joins him on March the 5th from Canada she's still over there right now Uh, he will take on a number of meetings there are still things to tie up within uh, the palace as well for this new period that they're about to enter we'll talk a little bit about that shortly but I mentioned this at the start of the show. We spoke with Bon Jovi to hear about his partnership with Prince Harry and how this all came about. Take a listen. It was great. You know, there's been a lot of planning um, from the time that I'd written the song back last summer and recorded it for a very small documentary in America. I had on a parallel course the idea that I'd bring it here as a gift to the people of the UK who have given me so much for the last nearly four decades now. And, uh, and so I sent the letter to Harry with the song before it was released, and he thought it was a great idea. So then to see great ideas come to fruition, great. Of course, I think this means a lot to Harry. You also a little bit a little bit and and more importantly you know watching him with the soldiers with the other men and women who had served in that connection again or the, the same connection even if it was a new friend <clears throat> that was more interesting to me because i had never served remember i was just the fictional narrator in the song once i turned it over and they sang the song and the soldiers sang and the choir sang it that's when it came to life for me. Yeah. 
We heard you joking earlier this week, Colin Carey, the artist formerly known as... As Prince. <laughs> he's in a new chapter now. Uh, how, how was he today? I mean... He's fabulous. Like I said, he's here with his brothers and sisters and for something that he cared very deeply about. And, you know, I just was lucky enough to deliver the the conduit to bring us all together. We saw some great pictures of him with the guitar and in the, in the sound booth with you. Yeah. Does he have the chops? He does. I'm telling you, the guy can sing. So, you know, you're going to have to wait and see for yourselves. Of course, they're entering a new chapter now. They have a lot of plans for sort of the things that they want to do in the world. Can you say to sort of about the Sussexes and what they have? All I can say is that, you know, none of us in America especially know what it's like to walk in their shoes, but our admiration for his family, whether it's his brothers, fathers, grandparents, is deep. And so, you know, I I don't know what it's like to walk in their shoes and I uh, just think the world of them in the same, just want to give them a hug. And the single, is it ready to go now? Single's ready to go now. The choir did an amazing job. They're going to be a rock band on tour very soon. What was his feedback for the final... I think we're all excited. I think we're all really excited about it. Our, my hope is that the other 20 countries represented in the games will take the song and make it their own. And the messaging that these men and women who have served uh, should be celebrated, compounded by the fact that if they had gone through anything, that this is helping them heal, is my goal. As I mentioned, Unbroken will be out later in March. It is a powerful song. He has a really close affinity with the military, as both of his parents served in the U.S. Marine Corps. And this single itself really is about shining a spotlight on veterans living with post-traumatic stress disorder and honouring their service. Uh, Unbroken, the title speaks for itself. We saw a little teaser before today's engagement uh, on the Sussex Royal account. We saw that faux conversation, text conversation between Harry and John Bon Jovi on that Instagram feed, uh, hinting that he'd be giving some backing vocals on this special re-recording. We haven't heard the final take yet. I did ask John Bon Jovi how it was sounding. He said it was great. We'll see if Harry makes the cut when that is revealed later on next week. And uh, yes, be sure to stick with us for a first listen, hopefully. Let's take a quick break. Well, Harry wasted no time getting back to work. As you can see, after returning to the UK, he did fly in from Canada and almost immediately was on a train up to Edinburgh the night before a working summit with his new travel initiative, Travelist. Now, the launch from that was last summer. You may may remember me talking about that on a previous episode of the show. But this particular engagement was to bring together people from the world of tourism and leisure about 100, 150 or so people, to the Edinburgh International Conference Centre to hold a series of workshops and discussions to help travellists create a new scoring system that will allow consumers, so the likes of you and I, to be able to really see how environmentally friendly a trip or a activity or a tourism excursion maybe before we book it. Now, Travelist has partnered with the likes of Booking.com, TripAdvisor, Skyscanner, Visa, and other big heavyweights from the world of travel to create a universal scoring system that basically will allow us to, without much thought, see how 
much impact a particular trip may have. And it's not just about the carbon footprint of a flight. It goes really to right into communities as well. So we're talking about whether communities are actually receiving much money back from the benefits of tourism in their areas. And, uh, you know, Harry himself, he's traveled extensively, particularly within developing nations. His frequent trips to Botswana are actually what inspired him to really start thinking about this travelist initiative. Uh, there was a statistic that was shared with me by one of his aides um, that's, I think, from about 10 or so years ago. So it may have been updated since then. But I think around $5 of every $100 made in communities in developing nations from tourism goes back into that community. And so it shows this massive unbalance. And so Harry wanted to be able to add a bit of transparency to this. So people, when they are exploring the world, actually know the impact that they're having along the way. I think there had been a little bit of misunderstanding when this was first announced that this was almost Harry preaching to people not to travel anymore and in fact this is quite the opposite this is to encourage people to explore the world explore the cities they live in the countries they live in all further afield but to do it with mindfulness and that's what's so impressive about this travelist initiative and why it is picking up steam so quickly because it does make sense a recent survey showed that about 70 percent of traveling consumers would like to know more about the impact that they're having as they travel the world and skyscanner recently uh, added the function on their website to rank your flight results in the order of the emissions that may come from those flights and so this was uh, focused on Scotland. Scotland is a huge hub of tourism, particularly Edinburgh, where we were. Scotland has also uh, had some struggles with tourism. Edinburgh, at points, has not been able to keep up with the amount of people that come in and out of the city, particularly at different times of the year, during the Comedy Festival, another key point throughout the year. And, and they seem to have found a balance that uh, made sense to use as a testing ground for any of the work that travellers want to do moving forward. So, back to Harry. Harry flew in the night before and started the morning bright and early at the conference centre. There was some talk that really, I guess, dominated the headlines for the day, where Harry was introduced to the stage as Harry. No titles, no HRH. We're not used to seeing that. And the MC, who's a journalist and former Labour advisor here in the UK, Aisha Hazarika, before bringing Harry onto the stage, said that she was told not to use his title and just to call him Harry. And thus was the Just Call Me Harry headlines born. Now... I think this is a significant moment for Harry. You know, this shows that he is ready to sort of move into this new chapter at full force, ready to leave behind the HRHs and the pomp and the pageantry that may have gotten on his nerves, shall we say, in recent months or years. But I also think that we have to sometimes remember not to overreact. Um, I have met Harry a number of times. The first time I ever met him... I remember saying to one of his... And this this was a good eight or so years ago. Yeah, about eight years ago. 
and I said to one of his aides, what should I call him? Because with Prince William, I've always called him Sir, and that's pretty much the standard protocol. And with Harry, I wondered if it was the same, but at the same time, I also knew that Harry was quite an informal guy. And I was told back then, just call him Harry. And that's always been the case ever since. And I know many people that have been told, just call him Harry. And so, yes, I think it is important to note that on stage, we now have this just call me Harry moment. But this has always been who Harry's been. And uh, it's sometimes good to get a little bit of context behind the headlines before we sort of breathlessly get excited about it being bigger than it perhaps is. So anyway, on to the event itself. We heard from Harry. He spoke on stage just about how important this new chapter of the Travelist Sustainable Travel Initiative is. They are about six months into a 36-month development phase, so we're a long way off the final product. But he had some really wise points to make. As most of you in this room already know, tourism is one of the world's largest economic sectors, generating nearly $9 trillion globally each year representing 1 in 10 jobs and more than 10% of the world's GDP. And it is rapidly growing. It is predicted that tourism will reach over 1.8 billion travellers by 2030. If we do not act and, in large part, get ahead of this inevitable surge, this massive increase will mean we see more of the world's most beautiful destinations closed or destroyed, more communities becoming overwhelmed, more beaches shut because of pollution, and animals and wildlife driven from their natural habitat, which has a huge impact on communities and reduces tourism opportunities. But we are here to find ways to make sure that that does not happen. Yeah, and as Harry pointed out, consumers do want more clarity and credible information about how they can choose more sustainable options. And of course, how vital it is that communities across the world also see the meaningful benefits from tourism as I said, since the announcement last summer, Travelist has become a major talking point within the travel industry. Um, But Harry says that, you know, they've still got a way to go. I think what really stood out to me about this engagement was, A, just how engaged Harry has been. You know, I had conversations with people who are involved in this and some of his new team. And, you know, they said that he's involved in every meeting, that he is really their hands-on behind the scenes every step of the way and that's always worth pointing out we often talk about the work that members of the royal family do on this show it's always nice to hear how much work is actually done because sometimes we're under the impression that royal members of the royal family just show up cut a ribbon and leave and that can sometimes be the case but i think there is a lot more effort that goes into these engagements than one might think in fact speaking of harry's team we saw for the first time him working with some of his new non-palace team. In fact, there was no palace presence at this event. There was not the usual group of royal photographers either. And instead, it was a small team by Harry's side, including former Royal Foundation press officer James Holt and former assistant private secretary Heather Wong, both of whom are now working with Harry on Travelist from its office here in London. And it shows how important this is to Harry and how keen he is to keep certain people around um, that can help that he's worked with on projects in the past that he knows that can bring projects like this to fruition. What stood out to me about Travelist was how this also 
gives us a bit of a look at how Harry and Meghan plan to work on things moving forward. In the statement that the couple released on their own Sussex Royal website, it pointed out that moving forward, they won't be launching a foundation, so to speak. And they went on to explain that they would be a sort of non-profit entity of sorts. Um, But the description was kind of vague. And I would imagine that that's on purpose at the moment because they're still figuring things out. But this work that Harry's doing on Travelist really shows how the couple, I think, plan to work moving forward, uh, collaborating with people and companies within the private sector for their philanthropic efforts and as the source pointed out to me rather than replicating classic charitable foundations that currently exist or that they may have looked at of course they look through a number of models they really plan moving forward to look at the root cause of problems and find ways to change them in game changing ways and I think that's really interesting we're going to hear a lot more about the couple's work over the days ahead Uh, Megan will as I said be joining Harry very soon in London for a few engagements they have the Endeavour Awards together that is honouring military veterans for their heroic achievements we will see the couple at the Mount Batten Music Festival we spoke about that with Victoria Arbiter last week And most interestingly, we'll also see the Sussexes side by side with the Cambridges and other senior members of the royal family, including the Queen, at the Commonwealth Day service at Westminster Abbey on March the 9th. All eyes will be on how all of them are side by side together. There has been a lot of talk about how the families are getting on. Of course, we have seen Harry and Meghan uh, in the press. You know, there's been a lot of talk about how the Queen hasn't allowed them to uh, continue with certain aspects of their lives in this new chapter they're about to work on. We've heard uh, all kinds of reports about how things may be changing on the security front for the couple as well. We heard from Canada this week that uh, they will no longer support Harry and Meghan from a security perspective beyond March the 31st as they'll no longer be working members of the royal family and we've heard about how the Queen may have made it clear to the couple that uh, at some point they're going to have to take on that cost themselves now of course this is all speculation this is all reports Uh, Buckingham Palace never comments on the record about anything to do with security and actually I should say off the record as well Um, that is the one sort of no-go area I am not adding anything to that conversation either because I think time will tell you know at the moment they are still working members of the royal family and will be treated as such you know, March will be a very long month for everyone. And a busy one too. So until all of that happens, next episode we will have a lot to go through, that is for sure. I'm going to go and dry off and try and get warm because I feel like I may be coming down with something. Um, just a cold. Uh, don't worry. <laughs> and uh, again, take care, guys. If you want to write into the show, just uh, use the hashtag the AirPod. Thank you again for all that tweets Uh, i do read them i do enjoy them most of them and thanks as always to the guys in new york for making this show happen leighton schneider michael debusky and anthony alley for making the show sound great as always so take care everyone and uh, thanks again for listening see you in the next episode